0: Hello again, if you just joined us, uh, this is the Daily Bible Reading Show. And uh, let's start with our first reading for today. It's Exodus chapter 33. The Lord said to Moses, Depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying to your offspring, I will give it. I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way. For you are a stiff necked people when the people heard this disastrous word they mourned and no one put on his ornaments but the Lord had said to Moses say to the people of Israel you are a stiff-necked people if for a single moment I should go up among you I would consume you so now take off your garments sorry your ornaments (laughs) that I may know what to do with you therefore the people of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Horeb onward Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship each at his tent door. Thus, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Uh, When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, or Nun, noon a young man would not depart from the tent moses said to the lord see you say to me bring up this people but you've not let me know whom you'll send with me yet you've said i know you by name and you've also found favor in my sight now therefore if i found favor in your sight please show me now your ways that i may know in order to find favor in your sight consider too that this nation is your people And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. Uh, For how shall it be known that I found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not your going with us so that we are distinct? I and your people from every other people in the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you've spoken, I will do for you found favor in my sight and I know you by name. Moses said, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and, you will, and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will, be mer- I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. And the lord said behold there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock and while my glory passes by i will put you in a cleft of the rock and i will cover you with my hand until i pass by then i will take away my hand and you shall see my back but my face shall not be seen and that's exodus chapter 33. Uh, what do we learn from here Um, this is right after the um, horrible incident of the golden calf so God's kind of still angry with them, but he's not angry with Moses. And he says, you know, you, you are still my guy, Moses, and says, I'll be with you. Uh, but he says to the people, verse four, you are a stiff necked people. And he says, if for a single moment I should go up among you, I would consume you. And so take off your ornaments, take off um, these jewelry. I think partly because they use some of the jewelry, remember the earrings, the gold earrings to make the golden cuff. It says, uh, take them off and that I may know what to do with you. And so God is obviously very, very angry with them, calls them very stubborn, the idea of being stiff-necked. They just don't learn. But Moses, he goes to God and kind of like, pujo, him. you would say in Malay, you know, he tries to appease him. And he reminds God again and again, they are your people. They are your people. Uh, where does he say this? Uh, verse 16, I and your people. Um, uh, yeah, he keeps reminding God that um, they're your people because God in verse 12 says, see you say to me, bring up this people. Uh, no, Moses says to God, you know, bring up this people. So God is saying this people, but uh, Moses is saying to God, your people, you know, they're still your children, you saved them, they bear your name and essentially well god's interim solution is to remain separate from the people for their own good otherwise god will destroy them he's so angry with them and that's why the significance of this tent of meeting uh, is situated outside of the other tents uh, you see in verse 7 you know moses used to take up this tent and pitch it outside the camp and he called it the tent meeting and it's in this tent in which Moses would go and talk to God and you know deal with matters and it has this long description about how whenever he goes to this tent verse 8 everyone would stand up outside their tents and wait until Moses had gone to the tent kind of like I don't know standing like at attention out of respect you know knowing that this was a significant thing Moses going to talk to God on their behalf but the fact that there is this tent of meeting And we've just been reading in the previous sections about uh, chapters about this uh, tabernacle, this tent of God. And wait, what's going on? There's supposed to be this tent of God, but now there's this tent of meeting. It means that hey, you know, will this tent of God still carry on? You know, the tent of God is meant to be this amazing uh, tapestry and lots of furniture of God. Remember, there's the altar, there's the ark, and everything. This hasn't been built yet. But, you know, has all these plans of God to build this tent now been scrapped because of their sin and now replaced with this, like, um, simple tent that is outside the camp. You know, Previously that one was supposed to be, uh, it doesn't say yet but I think eventually the tent is supposed to be right in the middle of all the other tents You know, with all the different tribes surrounding it. But now this tent is separate from the tribes and it's symbolic therefore that God is almost separating himself from his people. He's so angry with them. If he dwells amidst them, he will destroy them. Uh, and so what happens is Moses goes out and goes to meet with God. And he reminds God that they are his people. Uh, verse 13, he says, And now if I found favor in your sight, please show me your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. So, yeah. Um, mm, interesting. Yeah. Um, anything else that we see here? Um, yeah, right from the beginning, you know, God's solution was depart, go up go up from here. You and the people you have brought out from the land of Egypt to the land in which I swore to Abraham. So God still has this plan of bringing them to this land. But it's interesting that God says, you brought them out of, it's, it's like, you know, I, I don't want to have anything to do with them. And um, God says, I will send an angel before you and I drive them out. But he says, verse three, I will not go up among you. So that's already quite um, a warning and quite a dangerous sign, you know, that God's not going to be with his people. But Moses, please with them, no, 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 please come with us, please be with us, and remember that this is your people. And God relents only in verse 14, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. In verse 15, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. How shall it be known that I found favor in your sight, I and your people. Is it not with your going with us that we are distinct? I and your people, Moses says, from every other people in the face of the earth. And finally, God says, verse 17, this very thing you've spoken, I will do. So God relents and he says, for you have found favor in my sight. It's really something, you know, Moses really puts himself in the situation of uh, reminding God just how much He should love His people. Um, I don't know. I don't know what kind of situation would kind of like equate with that today. Uh, imagine uh, maybe you know your parents are really angry with your brother or your sister, and you almost have to remind your mom and dad, "Hey, you know that's your son or your daughter," and you're like this peacemaker. And, you know, did you ever think that someone needed to do that with God? You know, it's kind of strange, isn't it? You, you either imagine that God um, should always love me, whatever I do, and should never get angry. But this passage says differently, you know, God can be really, really angry with our sin. Or you think that God doesn't care. And, you know, therefore, you know, whatever I want to do, I can do. But here is uh, God angry with his people. And actually Moses appealing to God's sense of mercy and goodness to forgive them and to be with them. And notice that Moses really wants this to be real. You know, God says, okay, 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 I'll bless you, I'll bless you. But for Moses, that's not enough. You know, it really has to be that God will be with his people physically and relationally and close close i think that's what moses is trying to do trying to make sure that god doesn't distance himself from his people and it's worth thinking you know that a judgment for god or even death from god is essentially this distance that god puts between us and himself and i think moses sees that and i think moses understands that his role as this leader and this mediator is constantly constantly to bring people back to God. Now, uh, when you think of the modern day equivalent of Moses, we shouldn't be thinking of pastors. You shouldn't be thinking for yourself. Really, really, you need to remind yourself this is Jesus. You know, Jesus is the ultimate Moses, is the better Moses, because Jesus pleased with God through his blood, you know, through his sacrifice. And indeed, God sends Jesus to be the sacrifice. God provides this way for us to be brought close to him. And so all these foreshadows, you know, the coming of Jesus Christ. And Moses, after getting this thing that he's um, pleading with God to do, that God will not distance himself. He then has this additional request. Verse 18, please show me your glory. Please show me your glory. And he said, I will make, and God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and you will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. You know, God reminds Moses that he is God. You know, If he decides to be gracious, that's up to God. If he decides to be merciful, that's up to God as well. And therefore, what Moses is doing is appealing to God, uh, well, to be God, to show mercy as God. But in the end, it's actually up to God himself to show this goodness and his love to whom he does. And he says to Moses, you know, you can't see my face. I think he's implying that it will kill you. <laughs> no man shall see me and live. And so he provides a way for him to still have this close encounter by placing him inside this rock. Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock, God says. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft or this cut in the rock. And I will cover you with my hand until I pass by. And I will take away my hand and shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Yeah, and God, um, so seed uh, 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 that's fancy language. for saying God gives in to this request. And uh, for Moses to see his glory, his power, his goodness, his light, if you like, and, but he says, You can't see it directly, it will kill you, but you'll see something of my passing glory, and I'll cover you to protect you, and I'll go past you, and I'll speak my name to you. And we'll see this tomorrow. That's the next chapter. Uh, and that's, yeah, uh, that's Exodus 33. You know, Moses playing his role as this middle man, and God listening to Moses, especially in his prayer uh, that God does not distance himself from his people, but forgive them but also this request that God displays to Moses his glory. And God, you know, even though this request will kill Moses, God finds a way of protecting him and actually fulfilling that request. Shows, you know, just how amazing and how gracious this kind of relationship between God and this middleman, this intermediator is for our sakes, you know, that results in our forgiveness, our salvation, and also us uh, in a way being able to see God's glory. Now that's what John says in John's gospel. We've seen his glory. He's thinking of this chapter in Exodus when Moses says, I want to see it. God says, you can't really see it directly. But because we've seen Jesus Christ, we have truly seen the fullness of God's glory in him. Cool. So, Okay, let's move on to John chapter 12.